0: 7654321. You'll never have the secret stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. Shh. Hello and welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to address the Stoic Kickstarter campaign. We did an update a few days ago and I know some of you had some concerns, some questions and were just straight up upset, which I totally get why. And I just wanted to say that we hear you guys. We understand where you're coming from. And we're really, we're just really trying to do our best to deliver the best product we can. And Dave and I, we've been talking a lot about the Stoic campaign, lessons learned, things we could do better, things of that nature. And just kind of reflecting on it, the, the, I think the biggest thing we've highlighted or at least recognize is there was really an evolution to what is stoic. And I think we got really excited about what it could be versus what it actually is. And I think on the could be side, we were going down this path of this kind of like fitness device slash standing mat slash whatever else. And then I actually, I was this was after the campaign I was doing, I was really just thinking about it, diving into it. And I had this light bulb moment of what is stoic? It's a gym for your feet. And it was such a refreshing moment because it finally gave, it kind of, it finally made stoic make sense to be honest. And it also really, it was a big factor in kind of the final steps in the manufacturing process. We'd gotten feedback from filming. We'd had time to use it. We'd had a lot of different people use it. We got to see how different features worked. Some things worked well. Some things didn't work so well. Some things were redundant. And so again, we just, we want to make the best product possible. And um, again, I know and understand why some of you might be frustrated and upset. There's things that we showed in the campaign that were not that are not going to be in the final product, and I, I get why you might feel like you're not getting your full value, but I've just wanted to address that personally and say this is our fifth Kickstarter campaign. We've always delivered. And We've always delivered a high-quality product, and I'm just asking that you trust us and believe in us to do that with Stoic. Thank you guys for being on the journey. I know there's ups and downs. I know there's uh, peaks and valleys. But again, we, we wouldn't be here without you guys, so we are eternally grateful. A lot of you, especially in this campaign, are repeat backers. So you guys are our lifeblood and again we just we wouldn't be here without you. So we're trying to do our very best to deliver you guys the best product and I think once you stand on Stoic you're going to be stoked. So thank you and let's dive into the episode. It's been a minute or two really. And I miss talking to you guys, so I need to get back on the mic update you all on what's going on with monkey.co and just share the stoke and hopefully uh sparks a little bit of conversation with all the listeners. So first thing I want to dive into is you know, one thing I think we've we've had this conversation multiple times with basically David and myself and Kim about what what is monkey.co really about? You know, what's kind of our What's the why behind the what? And what we keep coming back to time and time again is really why we exist and that, that initial spark for why we wanted to start the company in the first place. It's, it's training for adventure. Train for adventure. You know, that, that initial spark, it was 2007. I was a wilderness ranger out in California. I was still in college, and I essentially was like, training Rocky style out in the mountains, squatting logs, lifting rocks, doing all kinds of stuff like that. I essentially built this like wild gym at the same time. David's out in Montana fighting fires. And then a few years later I was still in the wilderness doing the same thing. He was in the peace Corps in this like mud structure, squatting old car parts and all kinds of like random cinder blocks and concrete and, He was jacked. We both were pretty fit actually doing these pretty non-conventional workouts or at least using very non-conventional equipment. But the reason why we were doing that stuff is for adventure. We wanted to climb peaks. We wanted to run far. We wanted to climb. We just wanted to be capable for whatever we were doing. And we've really recently come circled back to that. And that's what that's really kind of this why behind monkey.co train for adventure. So we hope we can help you guys train for whatever adventure you might be planning. And it's, it's useful and it adds value. And one thing I've, I've mentioned this on a previous episode as well, but I want to be very clear that adventure can mean a lot of different things. And it's a very individual, you have to define what adventure means for you individually. So it doesn't have to be climbing Everest it doesn't have to be rowing across the Atlantic. It doesn't have to be running a hundred mile ultra marathon. Those things are rad. They're wild, but there's so many different ways to adventure and you can really define what adventure means for you. And just one example I'll give is there's this guy's name's Alistair Humphreys. He's a wild man. He rode his bike around the world over like four years And, uh, he's done all kinds of, I think he's been in the Arctic. I think he actually rode across the Atlantic, but anyhow, he's really evolved what the definition of adventure means to him. And most recently he did this trip where he, it's called, I think it's called basking or busking where he essentially, what he did was he learned to play the violin. He could play like one song poorly he had zero money. He started with zero money and he basically traveled across Spain. I think it was for a month. And the only way he was allowed, he kind of set these rules for himself, but basically the only way he was allowed to get money was by, you know, going to the plaza and playing his violin and people would, you know, chip in a few coins or whatever. And that's how he survived and traveled for a month across Spain. And he basically just slept in the countryside, you know, in cow pastures and whatnot. But, you know, that's very, that that's, it's very adventurous, very out of the box. Really cool to put those constraints on himself, but it's not. The point I'm trying to get to is, it's not this crazy, super physical feat. It was more of a mental struggle, really. There's certainly some physicality to it. He walked a decent distance, and you know, sleeping out every night isn't necessarily easy. But it's like an, a, person of, uh, a person of able body and sound mind could do something like that. So whatever your adventure is, it could be writing a book. It could be traveling somewhere for the first time. It could be launching a product. It could be starting a business. I mean, there's so many ways to define adventure. So I think no matter what it is, no matter what you're doing, Having a baseline of physical fitness, it's going to help you push through those times where things get hard. I know personally, I know what's really helped me a lot is just I've done a lot of different types of adventures where you're basically suffering for extended periods of time. But I think the training for those adventures when I was maybe out in the mountains doing, in my wild gym, if I was at home, if I was in a gym back in the day, whatever it was, when you have to push through something, I think that calluses your mind and it helps you push through hard times in other areas of your life. So I think for me, I'm definitely, it definitely stands out the most during a physical endeavor, but there's certainly ways that crosses over through other areas of your life. So stoked to hear what kind of adventures you guys are training for and just It's nice to have this kind of really solid direction. We always talk about you know, wandering in the desert. If you pick a direction and just head that way, at least you're not wandering. It, it gives you a frame of reference to at least change on. So train for venture and keep on getting wilder. All right, the other thing, to, total uh, – well, I have two more things I want to mention. Next is just kind of what I've been doing training update-wise – is I've been going, I've been so excited for summer. Like the last year, basically, I've been excited for summer 2021. Here in Colorado, it seems, it's crazy how things go back to normal so quickly. It's really actually um, encouraging. So, life here is good. I hope wherever you are in the world that life is continuing to improve as we come out of this. But life's been good here uh, things are open. The wild is as wild as ever. We kind of had a, a late snow season here. So I've really been going hard the last month trying to get out in the mountains as much as possible. Been doing long runs, long bikes, big climbs, and have got a lot of that planned for the rest of the season. But so basically, what I'm doing with my training is the, the, those days, it's like training for the big training day. So those days are definitely training. And what I try and do is basically whatever my adventure is or whatever I'm doing outside, I'll kind of do the opposite of that from a training perspective. So if I do a long run, maybe the next day I'll just do some upper body or some core work. And then maybe after a day or two, I might do some more leg-specific work. And or I've been doing some relatively easy interval sprinting. Just really trying to work on getting my turnover and my stride over a little bit. So I kind of jacked my knee in, gosh, I think that was April. I just overstretched it. It was so weird. It was the weirdest thing. But it's all good now. But I, I typically do more of like this interval speed work block. Kind of in the springtime leading into summer. And I never got to do it just for a variety of reasons. So my turnover just running has felt a little bit slow. So I've been trying to do these shorter run days where I'm doing a lot more pickup speed work type of intervals. And it's not, I'm not really trying to go like where I'm breathing fire necessarily. It's just more about, again, getting my legs to turn over fast. And I've also been doing a little bit of plyometric work separately as well. So there's just like a little park next to our place here. I'll go do, you know, skips, jumps, bounds, things of that nature. Just again, trying to get that speed in the legs to turn over. And then otherwise, still, still uh, getting on Pocket Monkey, 360, all the monkey gear, and that's just that stuff. Just it's always just kind of like a baseline thing thing for me, to be honest. Especially if I'm doing leg work outside of that particular training session, you know, it's so the upper body stuff just doesn't wear me out in the same way. So I can I can handle a decent, relatively high amount of volume in the upper body, and it doesn't seem to affect my energy or performance negatively. And then one other thing I have been doing specifically is I've been doing this kind of like grease, the groove finger strength training program, which incidentally has really helped. I had this issue with my elbow. It's, I thought it was media medial epicondylitis, which is AKA golfer's elbow. So it's the inside of your elbow. And I, th- I think I, I thought I had jacked it up like from doing too many rows or pull-ups over the winter, but, Honestly, it's interesting because doing this finger strength program has really helped it. And it's pretty much gone now. It's so crazy. I did a lot of uh, negatives. So I do like a pull up and then slowly lower myself down. I do a lot of pronators with actually I have a shovel that I'll use to warm up in my garage. I'll just basically have my arm at 90 degrees. My elbow is next to my ribs and then I'll just rotate this shovel and it feel it, it hits that tendon or that ligament perfectly in my elbow where there's pain. So kind of coming out of these injuries from the spring and it's just it's so good to get out. It's so good. So that's kind of it's I, I kind of approach this time of the year as like quote unquote in season training. So My training sessions are relatively, the volume has gone down. I'll I'll keep intensity relatively high just to kind of make sure I maintain things, but I'm not doing like these super exhausting workouts. They're more like maintenance and what's the best way to think of it? They're they're complementary or supplementary to the stuff I'm really excited about, which is basically these, you know, outdoor adventures. So hopefully you guys are getting out there. Man, it's like it looked hot in the Northwest this last week, but uh, looks like over the next week it should be good to go to get out pretty much across the country. So stoked to hear what you guys are getting into. Then our third and final topic for today's episode is the Wild Jim Company Book Club and two books I've been super stoked on. I've actually read the second one. And I'm going to mention twice already. And I believe I mentioned the first one too, but I want to dive in a little deeper. So the two books are, the first one is called Crazy Horse and Custer, The Parallel Lives of Two American Warriors. And that's by Stephen Ambrose. The second book is called The Impossible Climb, Alex Honnold, El Capitan, and The Climbing Life. Interestingly, for the second book the impossible climb i was in yosemite i think i'd climbed el cap like a week or two before honold soloed it that was my first time took it uh we had two very different experiences i'll say that but awesome book i really enjoyed reading it he really i think even if you're not a climber you'll get a lot out of it just under, understanding his mentality and i i've even quoted it before but he has this kind of warrior mindset of how he's just so focused on this giant goal. He lives this kind of warrior life. So I think there's a lot to take away from it. Again, I'm on my second lap on the book and I've really found that a useful tactic in general, just reading things again. There's so many things I'll kind of maybe interpret differently or I don't even notice the first time through. So it's a good tactic if you if you uh, lack reading comprehension skills like me. And then again, I've mentioned the crazy horse and Custer book a few times, but you know, I think the what's, what I really enjoyed most about it is it just, it really depicts what life was like kind of on the American side during this time period and on the native American side during that time period. And he does such a good job of comparing and contrasting he doesn't necessarily judge the two, but you you get this sense of, um, just this total like polar oppositeness of, of these two different mentalities and societies. the, The two things that stood out to me were, so this idea of manifest destiny, it was really founded on this concept of basically unlimited resource, which clearly isn't true. There's a finite amount of resources, on the planet, but it's interesting that this concept that's based around manifest destiny. I feel like that we're still those those ripples from the mid 1800s. We're still feeling those today, particularly in the economy. This economy based on essentially infinite growth, which is kind of antithetical in a system that has finite resource. So I've been kind of just pondering that in my mind like what does that mean kind of for the future long term you know my kids and my grandkids so something to think about and then there's another quote I found really fascinating I think it was I should have wrote this down I'm pretty sure it was sitting Bull, but it was a it was a pretty famous chief that said this and he was basically talking about the two different societies so the Plains Indians and then the Americans but he basically says your people respect and honor you and admire you because you are a rich wealthy man. Whereas my people respect honor and admire me because I'm a poor man. And it's just, uh, it's really interesting to just kind of merit it on those thoughts a little bit and see how that, uh, that reflects in your own life. So anyhow, monk, uh, monkey book club. Those are the two most recent ones I've finished. So if you guys check them out, please let me know. would love to hear your thoughts, reflections, insights, things of that nature. So we got, I got to a hundred episodes and then, man, I just, I was, I was exhausted, but it's good to, uh, get the momentum back episode 101 appreciate you guys as always thanks for listening stay wild out there and stoked to hear what you guys are into talk soon